Welcome to the Virtual CFO Report. It's here that you'll learn tips, tools, and tactics for increasing your cash flow and improving the profitability of your small business. Basically, that means if your bank account is not reflective of the hours you pour into your business, this is the show for you. Host Brian Ludwig has been helping small business owners make deposits, be frugal but not cheap, and have a life outside of work for over 35 years. Let's get started. Take it away, Brian. Well, uh, thank you, Mike, for uh, agreeing to uh, come on board and be uh, interviewed on this podcast. Uh, I I know you're heavily involved with real estate. Uh, Would you like to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, boy. Well, first of all, thank you for for having me. And uh, boy, where do I start? I've been uh, investing in real estate for about 31 years. And I uh, got into it kind of by mistake. It was a really uh, good mistake, but I uh, never really intended to be a real, a real estate investor. Uh, but uh, anyway, I bought, I bought uh, my first property around 31 years ago ha- and uh, happened to make a lot of money on it. I wasn't really, I was really just intending to hold on to that property uh, indefinitely. And uh, the market took off, made some money. And after that, I was kind of hooked. And so um, here I am 31 years later, still passionate about real estate, still loving it, had definitely a lot of ups and downs along the way. Uh, but I always love to share, you know, my experiences and, and teach other people that, uh, you know, might be interested in getting into real estate. Uh, I like to share my lessons so that they don't have to go through some of the trials and tribulations that I went through to get where I'm at. Yes, no, I can definitely attest to that. Like I'm in a couple of your programs and uh, you definitely provide a lot of information to, to everybody in the program. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like I said, uh, I, I think that's really, you know, the, the key is, is to share a lot. A lot of people like to share their successes. I like to share my failures because that's really where that's where the traps are. And I see so many people falling in the same traps. And so I just I love to uh, teach people how to not get into the, the messes that uh, uh, you can potentially get into when you invest in real estate. So did you originally start off, start out with real estate as being your career or did, were you in uh, another line of business. Well, I was actually, uh, I was actually uh, headed towards becoming a lawyer. Actually, that was kind of my parents' dream for me, and uh, I uh, got my first degree, and with that came a whole bunch of student loans. So I decided to uh, get out there and uh, pay, get, you know, get in the workforce, pay pay these things off before I went back to get my second degree. And that's when I discovered real estate. Um, I, I was actually working at the phone company. I didn't go directly into real estate. I was working at the phone company. Uh, you know, and while I was there, started to make a little bit of money and put it into a property. And two years after I bought that property, the market took off and suddenly I was sitting on all this equity and I was looking and thinking, man, I made this much in real estate over the last two years, or sorry, this much at the phone company last years and this much in real estate. And I don't even know what I'm doing in real estate. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, like I said, I got kind of hooked and then that's, I quit my job, quit, uh, quit school. My parents are still kind of angry that uh, they that was their dream, like I said, for me to become a lawyer. And uh, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I had no intention of becoming a real estate investor. If, if uh, I didn't really have that first success, I'd be a lawyer right now, actually. So we might be talking about law instead of yeah. real estate. Your parents must not be too upset with you now after seeing your success. Well, you know, I haven't had to ask if I can borrow money, so I think that's a good thing. And uh, I don't think they fully understand what I do for a living, but that's all right. Uh, I think they kind of sort of know what I do, but not really. And 
Uh, but like I said, I, have, I haven't asked them for money. So, uh, so that's good. That's a good thing. I know a, a lot of the listeners uh, for this show would be small business owners and entrepreneurs. How would you suggest that they get started in real estate uh, in addition to their business they're currently running? Yeah, well, that, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I've, I've owned, in addition to the real estate, I've owned a lot of, uh, you know, I, I had a pub in Calgary. I had a, a tomato sauce company, a furniture company. So I am a serial entrepreneur. And one of, one of the challenges that we have as entrepreneurs is that, you know, we don't have pensions. We don't have, we don't have any programs to fall back on. So we either have to make enough money from our business to last us you know, after we retire or else we're in trouble. And so, you know, investing in real estate is one of the best ways to, uh, to, to help with that. So number one, you know, for, for some people, they don't necessarily, they think of being a real estate investor as being, you know, on the front lines and looking for deals and door knocking and, you know, trying to find deals. And that's obviously one way to get into real estate, but there's other ways as well. And so if you're, if you're a business owner, I'd recommend that you're taking some of your, money that you're making and uh, putting it away and hopefully, preferably creating passive income. And, and what I mean by that passive income is doing something one time and getting paid for it over and over and over again. And so for me, I own a bunch of rental properties and my rental properties, uh, it's not me that I don't collect the rent. I have teams, I have property managers that collect the rent for me. And every month, you know, at the end of the month, when my tenants pay their rent, it shows up in my bank account, but I'm not trading my time to get it. And so I really recommend for business owners that they, uh, and entrepreneurs that they start putting some money away, start creating passive income streams. And that's really the key to ever having a really good retirement. And, and uh, most of your listeners probably don't have a clue who I am, uh, but normally when there's no COVID, I normally travel full time. There's, th there's three things I spend my time doing. None of them are really work. Um, I mean, I work a little bit, but most of the time I'm either traveling I'm hanging out with my daughter and my grandkids, or I'm volunteering. I do a lot of volunteer work for different causes that I believe in. And while I'm doing all these things, my money is still coming in. Uh, whereas, you know, back in the olden days, when I, you know, if, if I was only flipping homes, for example, well, as soon as you stop flipping homes, money stops coming in. So whatever business you're in, you've got to start putting something aside, making that money work for you, so that eventually you can pull yourself away from your business. And so many of us, are, especially our solopreneurs, uh, our, our businesses, uh, we become workaholics and I'm, I'm, I'm a recovered workaholic. So I'm speaking from experience and the, the thing that helped get me away from, you know, being a workaholic and into being a playaholic is creating those passive income streams. And so I really recommend that. I think everybody should invest in, in real estate, number one, uh, because that is really your key to freedom. And number two, the one thing I'll say is that if you're not investing in real estate, there's a really good chance that you're paying way too much tax. And uh, you know, one of the ways to reduce your taxable income is through depreciation in real estate. And I'm not a lawyer or an accountant or any of those things. Uh, and I know that you are. Uh, so, um, but that, that's the best advice I could give entrepreneurs is one, reduce your taxable income so you can keep more and then create that pa those passive income streams so that eventually the money comes in whether you're working or not working. Yes, I, as an accountant, I can definitely attest to the benefits of depreciation especially for our American listeners. And yeah. they put a few more extra restrictions on. So it's not as much benefit, but there still is a benefit. Absolutely. Now, I know one excuse I often hear from small business clients and 
I have to admit, I had the same excuse myself is I never got into real estate investing because I was putting all my excess money back into my business. Um, does, does a potential real estate investor need a lot of money to get started? Actually, you, you don't. Uh, so first of all, yes, a lot, a lot of business owners do keep putting their money back into their own business and, and quite often they don't even get to give themselves a, a paycheck. And sometimes that's what you need to do to keep your business afloat, you know, especially if you're just starting out. However, uh, you know, the good thing about real estate is there, there are a lot of strategies that don't require any money. There's some that require just a little bit of money. And uh, even in the strategies that require a lot of money, like I have friends that are buying apartment buildings, uh, you know, they're not, they're not using their own cash or using other people's money to do that. And so there's different ways to, uh, to structure that. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a misconception people think, oh, well, you know, they, they look at somebody who's got a lot of properties like myself, they think they either won the lottery or, you know, they, they think that I started off with a lot of cash, which was the exact opposite of the truth. And so things that I teach people is when you don't have a lot of resources, you've got to become resourceful. And, uh, you know, right now, you know, obviously in these COVID times, we're heading into uh, probably what's going to be the biggest transfer of wealth in history. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunity for people that maybe don't have a lot of cash to potentially get into real estate because there's going to be just so many, you know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people in trouble, a lot of people willing to be more creative to help, you know, to get rid of their properties, et cetera. And so for, for, uh, you know, for people that don't have a lot of cash to think, oh, well, you know, I'd get into real estate if I had, you know, if I had a million bucks in the bank or 100K in the bank, not necessary. I started off, uh, you know, with, you know, when I get people that come to me and they say, Mike, you know, I'd love to get into real estate, but I've got no money. When I bought my first property, I was negative 25,000 in student loan debt. My net worth was in the negative. So I was aspiring to get to zero. So when I hear people are at zero, I go, man, lucky you, you're at zero. Awesome. I started at negative 25K. So you, you really don't need a lot of money. It never hurts. I mean, if somebody calls me up and they've got a couple million in the bank, awesome. But if they call me up and they've got zero, there's still ways to invest. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Yes. Um, now, another question, uh, a lot of small business owners, they, they're probably thinking that they have to invest in their home city in order to keep tabs of the property. How essential is that? Uh, I actually recommend the opposite. Um, you know, it depends on what type of strategy you're doing. If you're flipping homes, for example, well, yeah, it may, it's probably more convenient to work close to home. But if you're creating passive income by buying, you know, buy and hold properties, uh, if you're buying in, you know, there's, there's certain markets where uh, it's very, for example, very tenant friendly, meaning that if you get a bad tenant, you can't get rid of them. It takes a long time to uh, evict them from your property. Uh, there's some markets where, uh, there's rent controls where you can't raise your rents. There's some markets where there's, you know, all these land transfer taxes in a lot of the, our Canadian provinces, for example. And it makes a lot more sense to invest in places that are more friendly to you as an investor, where you're going to get a higher return on investment. And, uh, you know, so my favorite market is Atlanta, Georgia. I don't live in Atlanta, but that's my favorite market. And I actually have a turnkey operation there, meaning that I go buy homes from the bank in bulk, we buy 20, 30, 40 at a time. We fix them, put tenants in place. My property management team looks after them and we literally sell those to investors around the planet. Uh, but that's, that's really a long way of saying that you, you actually should not invest close to home unless close to home happens to be a really strong uh, market where the numbers make a lot of sense. And what I'm seeing in most Canadian cities, uh, Calgary, I know, uh, you know, 
actually Vancouver is ridiculous, Toronto, all the big cities across Canada, the, the homes are very, very expensive. The amount of rent that you get, uh, there's not enough in there to make it worth your while to tie up that much cash. And so I strongly recommend going to markets like in Atlanta, some of those properties that I'm selling, they start at $70,000. And these are single family homes in decent neighborhoods. In, uh, in Calgary, that doesn't even get you a shed in a bad neighborhood. So, uh, so you really have to go where it's, it's, uh, you're gonna get the best returns where your money's working as hard as possible for you. Because if you buy a mediocre investment, if I were to buy, and I'm from Calgary, so if I were to buy a home in Calgary and it's giving me a 2% return a year, well, I've got to buy a whole lot more properties before I can ever, you know, get that uh, freedom. If I'm in a market where I can get, you know, seven or eight or 10 or, or 20% returns, uh, and these are all possible, especially when you, when you count on the appreciation, there's ways to, to achieve this. Uh, you know, if your money is working extra hard, you, you don't have to. And so a lot of people, they, they invest close to home and their, their money's, you know, it's, it's better than spending the money on a boat or, or you know, something that's depreciating, I'd still rather have that property that's giving you 2%. But if you can go to a different market and make that money work harder for you, that means you're going to retire and have your freedom so much earlier. Yes. Uh, now, another question. Uh, this is probably more for the Canadians in the uh, audience. How easy is it for them to invest across the border into the States? Extremely easy. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I invested only, you know, going back to your last question, I invested only in Calgary for the first 15 years of my career. So half my career, I only invested in Calgary. Never bought a single property outside my city. And then when I discovered, uh, I had a friend of mine, he moved from Calgary to Las Vegas and I go visit him frequently. And I noticed that the property values, every time I go visit, were going up and up and up. And so I thought, man, this is like so much easier than investing in Calgary. Now at that time, I had no idea how you dealt with the taxes and moving money back and forth and uh, dealing with the currency, all that stuff. But once I, you know, I, I, um, I kind of had two choices. I thought, well, I can either dive in and figure this stuff out as I go, which is what I did, or I could try to figure every single thing out and then, then invest after I know it all. And I'm glad I did the first instead of the second because that opportunity uh, you know, I, I, Las Vegas at the time that I started investing there was on fire. I made a heck of a lot of money there. And then I figured out the taxes later. I figured out all this stuff. But the, the bottom line is that's one of the things that I do. I specialize in helping Canadians who want to invest south of the border because I've already made all those mistakes. And man, if I could uh, go back to when I first started in the US and if I knew then what I know now, I'm still glad I did it. And I'm very grateful that it worked out really well. But I paid way too much in taxes. I paid way too much. Uh, to one of, I won't mention the, the Canadian bank that made a lot of extra money on me whenever I converted my currency because I didn't know there were other options. And yeah, I paid way too much tax. I, I uh, in a way I messed up, but on the other hand, I paid once again, you know, I kind of um, paved the path for a whole bunch of other people that I now help, you know, including yourself. I help a lot of Canadians who want to invest in the US. I show them what not to do because I, I definitely made a lot of mistakes along the way. And, you know, like I said, you know, if I, in hindsight, if I knew then what I know now, I could have saved a lot of money. But on the other hand, I'm glad that I actually took the leap of faith and did it and figured it out as I went, because I made, I made, I made a lot of money. I may have, may have had too many expenses that I could, could have avoided, but it still worked out pretty darn good. So, so the answer is yes, anybody can do this. And uh, uh, anybody can invest in the U.S. doesn't matter what country you live in. And for Canadians, it's extra easy. So. As I have to admit, when I first took your first uh, weekend summit, 
I kind of went into this thinking, well, the only way you can invest was buying a rental property and renting it out or flipping it. And listening to you and all your coaches that you have that specialize in different aspects of real estate, that's where I quickly realized that there's a whole new world of opportunities out there uh, for all types of investing scenarios. Absolutely. And it's going to get even uh, better because like I said, you know, we're, we're, we're about to witness probably the greatest transfer of wealth in history. And, and so right now uh, there's a, a moratorium on foreclosures, for example, and I'm glad, I mean, I hate to see banks kicking people out on the streets in the middle of a pandemic because they can't pay their mortgage while their jobs are, are being lost. That'd be horrible. But that's not going to last for that moratorium is not going to last forever. And so there's going to be a whole lot of homes going into foreclosure. Uh, there's going to be there's these auctions that I love in, in Houston, Texas, uh, called tax deed auctions. And that's where people haven't paid if they haven't paid their property taxes in a number of years. Eventually, their homes go on the auction block. And I've had you know students of mine pick up single family homes for like seven thousand bucks. And so for, for those people listening that think, oh, I need a ton of money to get started. Like I said, there are ways to do it with no money or uh, something like that you can do with very little money. So one of my students picked up a home for uh, you know, a little bit over 7,000. It was worth around 90 or $100,000. And you know, those auctions uh, normally take place, uh, the, the particular auction that I love takes place in Houston, Texas. And normally it's on the first Tuesday of every single month. Well, that, that auction has been shut down for like seven months now. So imagine how much backlog of inventory, plus all the, all the homes that haven't been foreclosed on during this moratorium, there's going to be so much opportunity. And so anybody who's, you know, on the fence thinking, oh, you know, should I, I've been kind of thinking about real estate. Should I get started? Should I not? This is absolutely the best time ever. Uh, what's coming up is the best time ever uh, in the history of real estate, in my opinion, uh, to get started because there's just going to be so many opportunities. And, and the, the other cool thing is that, like, I don't even like the term real estate investor. I like the term problem solver because there's going to be a whole bunch of people in trouble and so I, I, one of the things I love to teach my students is different ways to help these people in trouble and create a win-win so that they're, we leave them in a better spot than where we found them and we get paid to do that. And so there's nothing more fulfilling and rewarding uh, than getting paid for helping other people, in my opinion. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunity to help a lot of people, uh, you know, as, as things continue to unfold with COVID. Yeah, so for a business owner who wants to start diversifying their wealth, uh, getting some money out of their business and looking at other things such as real estate. What are some summary recommendations you could provide to, for someone who wants to start learning or get, getting started? Yeah, well, if they, if they want to start learning, I'll actually uh, give a free ebook, if that's all right with you, to your, to your audience. That's more than fine. Okay, so uh, if you go to mikeswealthmastery.com, there's a, a sign up form uh, to, to get that for free. Uh, but yeah, for anybody who's, who's thinking of getting started, there, there's really, like I said, two different ways to do it. One is to, uh, you know, one is to be on the front lines and be looking for deals and doing some of the strategies that I, I talked about, such as going to these auctions, uh, et cetera. But then there's options for people that want to be very passive and, uh, you know, buying, you know, buying properties such as, uh, you know, my turnkey ones in Atlanta, for example, where everything is done for them. If you can be an armchair investor. So there's different strategies for different types of people. But I know you mentioned, hey, well, you know, pulling money out of the business, that's a possibility. It's not always necessary to do that. Like I said, uh, you know, one really cool thing is something called vendor financing. And vendor financing means that the owner of a property is going to be the bank for you. 
there's gonna be a lot of people. Um, imagine you're a landlord right now and uh, you don't really have really good systems in place. And right now, uh, you know, you can't really evict people because of COVID. If they're not paying rent, you can't evict them. Uh, now there's different ways to handle that. My, my teams and I, we've been through a lot, you know, we've been through recessions and 9-11 and now this pandemic and we had systems in place and we're getting almost all our rent. But imagine all these landlords are not getting their rent. And you approach them and say, you know, these people are frustrated. They don't want to be landlords anymore. But at one point they wanted to be an investor. They got in the game. And so you approach somebody like that and you say, listen, I know that you're getting very little rent from your property. I know it's becoming a headache for you, but what if you were to, to be the bank for me? I'll take over this property. I'll deal with the tenants, uh, but I don't have a whole lot of cash. So what if uh, I, I, I'll, I'll take care of the tenants, I'll take care of the property, I'll make you a monthly payment. So that's a great win-win because this landlord who's not getting any money from his tenant uh, he'll take a chance on you because you're going to go and give him a monthly payment. He's going to be the bank. He's going to put a mortgage on the property for you. You're not going to have to qualify. You're not going to have to, have, you know, there's times where you can get in with zero down. Uh, so that's just one possibility of many. There's, there's uh, something in Canada that's called agreement for sale. In the U.S. is called uh, subject to investing. You're taking over existing mortgages. There's something called wholesaling where you're basically being a matchmaker. You're finding somebody who's in distress and putting them in touch with somebody who does have the cash to do the deal. You're getting paid to be the middleman. And I know people have made literally six figures doing, doing wholesaling on one property. And they didn't have, you know, they didn't have to put any cash into the deal. All they did was they, they were a matchmaker. They found somebody who was really motivated to uh, sell. They found somebody who was willing to pay a premium and they got to keep the middle part without actually having to buy the property. So there's a lot of different, uh, you know, ways to do this. And that's why I recommend you're just getting educated and learning about some of the different strategies that are out there. Because if you have this, uh, you know, if you have this knowledge, this stuff will, will change, you know, will change your finances forever. If you just do one or two deals, or even if you just buy one rental property, uh, that could change your life. My very first rental property was meant to be a long-term hold is what launched my entire career. Now I've, I won't give the number, but I have a lot of rental properties now, but it all started with one property, you know, 31 years ago. And so uh, one property can change your life. Uh, but if you have, if I, like if I knew 31 years ago what I know now, oh my goodness, uh, you know, you can, you can, there's so much uh, opportunity out there. And, uh, you know, if, uh, so for people, if you, if you love your business and you're passionate about it, awesome, you know, maybe be an armchair investor, but, you know, if you're struggling, I know a lot of people, they're, they're really struggling, since, especially since COVID, they're, to keep their businesses afloat. Maybe it's time to make a, a transition, uh, you know, up to, up to you. But these are different things you want to think about. And that's why I love sharing my knowledge because I want to inspire people. I'm not saying, hey, drop your business. If, you're, if you love your business and it's your passion, absolutely keep doing it. But if you're struggling and you don't know, you know, you're trying to think, how do I reinvent myself? And how am I going to stay afloat during, you know, COVID times? You know, I used to own a pub and I know in a lot of places right now, uh, a lot of businesses, you know, a lot of restaurants and pubs are shut down or they can only do delivery. And I'm thinking, man, if I still had that, I'd be struggling to make it profitable. And so I know a lot of people are going through that right now. And that's why I just love to share and just, uh, you know, let people know what I know and uh, try to make a difference for them. Yeah, I would definitely recommend downloading Mike's ebook. It'll be well worth your time uh, and reading. Now, Mike, uh, when, I know you just had a weekend summit uh, just recently. Are you planning to have another uh, weekend summit coming up soon? Yes, I'm actually going to be doing another three-day online training. And that's going to be March 
tw uh, 12th to 14th. That should be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if I've got my dates right, March 12th to 14th, 2021. And uh, it's, uh, you've, you've been on a couple of my uh, summits, you know that there's no fluff and it's a lot of, uh, a lot of material. We kind of train people through like a fire hose of information. Uh, and it's, uh, it's $97 to attend. I think we're, we, we, we charged 90, we, the very first time we did it, we charged $997 and we had a really, uh, really good turnout and a lot of testimonials, but I had a few people saying, well, man, you know, uh, my business is, is, you know, we're, we're struggling right now. $997 is a lot. And I just want to help as many people as possible. So we made $97 and, uh, I don't know if my team has the webpage, uh, set up yet, but you can email me at info at mikewolfmastery.com. That's info at mikewolfmastery.com. And tell me, uh, just mention that you saw me on, uh, you know, Brian's uh, podcast and uh, we'll get you signed up. And not only will I get you signed up, I'll give you a ticket for uh, $47 instead of $97. And that's for three full days of in-depth training. Well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, I'll make, I'm also going to make sure that I'll provide a link with updated details on the podcast website as well. So ah, perfect. I appreciate that, Brian. That's awesome. Keep in touch with you. And I definitely would recommend attending that three week uh, workshop. Uh, Actually, three day, three day workshop uh, where you get sold at all, all three days. Basically, Mike and his team just provides three days of high quality information on a variety of real estate investing topics. And it's basically uh, worth its weight in gold, literally. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. And I'm glad that you've been able to attend a few times. And uh, it's, been, it's been awesome having you there. No, and I'm planning to attend the next one, too, when it comes up. Because okay. you offer it, yes, there's some repetitive stuff, but you always introduce something new as well. Yeah, I always bring in some new, new speakers. And, and, you know, during these times, different opportunities are going to present themselves. So I like to teach the stuff that's working right now, the stuff that's, you know, when the auction opens, that's gonna be one of the best places to go and make money. And uh, right now it's closed. So there's no point learning how to do something that you can't apply. Uh, but things like the wholesaling and the subject to an agreement for sale. And there's so many strategies that are, that are working extremely well right now. And, uh, you know, as COVID continues to uh, unfold, unfortunately, as you know, if we get another wave and things, you know, opportunities are going to be uh, massive and a lot of people are going to get and, and I mean this in a financial sense not hopefully not in a health sense but a lot of people are going to get wiped out unfortunately financially and my goal is to teach as many people as possible uh, how to thrive during these times as opposed to uh, you know just trying to barely survive which a lot of people unfortunately are doing right now. Okay well thank you uh, thank you very much for all your uh, valuable insights into uh, real estate investing. Um, and again, uh, for all the listeners out there, uh, feel free to take advantage of Mike's resources and his off generous offers. And I'll also have links on the podcast episode website uh, with uh, to Mike's various programs and ebooks. So once again, thank you very much for coming on board, and I look forward to uh, talking to you more in the future. Thanks for having me, Brian. Great to great to see you as always. Thank you for listening to the Virtual CFO Report. If you heard something on the show today that resonated with you, we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us at virtualcforeport.com. And while you're there, be sure to download your free gift. We invite you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. 
And remember, work smarter, not harder.